You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt. And not just any elk hunt, we're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So, here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So, you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces, NATION30, and you will receive 30% off your purchase. What's up, guys? My name is Parker McDonald, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Drew. Drew, how's it going? Doing good, Parker, doing good. Uh, just just waiting on this cold front that just rolled in tonight, mm. so I'm excited. I'm excited about this upcoming week. It does feel good outside. I just walked out there to uh, to get something out of my truck, and it feels chilly. It feels yes, great. It, it feels really good considering... How stinking warm it was last week! My gosh, did you? Uh, yes, it did, was. Did you go out at all last week? You know what? I, I went out maybe once or twice, um, and nothing to it. Really, nothing to it. Didn't see a lot. Yeah. Now I had a I had a really interesting hunt Saturday. Um, 
Saturday afternoon with me and my little man, which we can get into here here in a little bit. Oh yeah, let's talk but, about that um, in a little bit. That because yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah, think if so that's that was, if that's the one I'm thinking of, like yesterday or last Saturday. No, like yesterday. Oh, I don't think I haven't heard about this one. So no, no, no. This one, this one was a new one. Dang, this was a new one. But I have to ask Parker because, like. I think it's fair to say that you're on a roll when it comes to shooting bucks right now. I mean, it, I mean, wouldn't you say? It's been a it's been a good, a really, really solid, like better than I deserve, more than I could ask for. It's been a solid season for me. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, where does where does this one rank? Where does this season rank for you? Like, Ooh. you know, in in your hunting career. Man, I don't know. That's tough, dude. I'm gonna have to say it's gonna be at the up there at the top. Um, yeah. Just as I far mean, as like you... how much time I've actually spent in the tree versus <clears throat> how much I've killed. Like I I haven't hunted nearly as hard as I normally do. Um, right. It hasn't just been like just like grinding, and I'm grateful for that. Like I'm I'm very happy for that. And we can get into it here in just a little bit of you know why I think that's happening and uh, right and and some of the things I'm trying to put together. But it has been just a heck of a like two weeks, really the month. Um, let's see, I killed my first buck of the season on uh, I guess it was October, middle of October. I can't remember exactly what day it was. Um, I, I want to say it was like around October the 16th. It had to have been the 16th yeah. because that's when that private piece opened. Um, it was right. in a, in another zone. So it would have been, it would have been the day. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally off. I went and hunted there on October the 16th, but, uh, it was October the 25th. I killed my first buck on the 25th. So from the 25th of October through November the 11th I killed 3 bucks. So the the last month basically has been jeez. That's 3 weeks. That's like 3 weeks. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like it, it's been it's been it's been and then, you know, I mean and too it's I mean um outside of the Kentucky buck, I mean it's it's not like you were chasing the rut all over the, you know, Midwest. Yeah. No, it's been it's been pretty crazy. Like these the first two were just early season, get up close to the core area, um and and go after it, which we talked about the first one the last time me and you did an episode right. by ourselves. We talked about that story a little bit, but um the second one, you know, is is very similar, just getting into a, a known core area right up close to bedding and uh and and that happened and that was last week that was last Wednesday and then a week later I killed the buck in Kentucky and uh yeah. it was an, exactly a week later so um dude it's been a it's been a crazy crazy season and the, the it feels like it just started like it feels like we just got going yeah which yeah. is which yeah. is fun and, yeah I always look at those guys like that, that, that like they'll have like three or four bucks down, you know, within like 
few weeks of the season and I'm like, man, I would love to be like that. Cause I mean, honestly, like <laughs> I like to kill deer, but I like it when the pressure's off and like, you can just hang out at home and you can hunt whenever you want to. Like when you really just feel it, like you want to go and, yeah. um, and I, I haven't ever really been able to be that guy and uh, it's nice. <laughs> it is nice. I'm going to tell you it's fun. Um, oh man. But, but you, so, so we'll kind of get started, I guess, um, before we get, before we get too far into it though, I did want to mention, uh, to all the listeners that you can use the code Southern ground at checkout. If you go to screegear.com, you want to check out some of their hunting, hunting lineup. Um, I, I would like to say that I've worn it in just super cold weather this year, but I haven't, it's just been muggy and hot. So I was, I took everything. I took all of my cold gear to Kentucky thinking, man, it's going to be awesome. Like last year, this time it was snowing in Kentucky. So I thought like, it's going to be like freezing temps. It's going to be awesome. The deer are going to be running around like freaking rabbits. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, I never actually got to put on any of my cold gear. Um, and, and so (laughs) like, I was all concerned, like usually during when it gets really cold here, I'm normally rifle hunting. And so I was like trying to figure out like, okay, I I practiced a little bit with my ptarmigan uh, jacket that uh, the down, the ultra down jacket or whatever, and practice shooting my bow with that. And like, I was just a little, little concerned because I just hadn't done a whole lot of cold weather bow hunting in my lifetime. And so (laughs) then, I mean, I shot, I shot that buck in a dang hoodie. That's all I was wearing. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it was just hot, you know, for this time of the year. But I will tell you this, the scree, did not, the scree gear did not disappoint. I spent the first two days scouting and walking around a lot, putting a lot of miles on my boots. And, um, man, I just – I know we say it a lot, but the Merino stuff, dude, is amazing I'm you, for man. that. Mm. I sweat a lot too. So trying to sweat and deer hunt at the same time is kind of like not something that you necessarily want, but – Something about I, I I'm not a scientist and I don't understand it, but merino just doesn't stink. It just doesn't smell bad, which is awesome. No, <laughs> which is great for no. a guy who typically stinks. Yeah, yeah, dude. I have been wearing out the um, the merino wool um, as well. Just I mean, just pounding it. I mean, I've I think I've gone in the last two two weeks. You know, I've probably gone. I don't know, six times maybe, and I've wore it every time, and it's, and you, you just keep going, okay, it's, it's, it's got to smell, it's got to smell, there's nothing to it, I mean, yeah. there's nothing to it, I've I've been super impressed, and I, I know there was a, I was on one of the Facebook forums today, and a, a guy was asking about camo, and I was like, man, just, just try it, I mean, um, you know, and, because it's just, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great camo, it's uh, super durable, I mean, because we, we, you know, beat the bush with it sometimes too, and it's it's held up great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I briar bust like crazy, and and it's been awesome. And here's a, the cool thing about Scree Gear is that it has a really, really, really solid warranty. So if you do yes. rip it or tear it, like some of the other high dollar brands are known to do when they come in contact with briars, um, you send it back. And uh, yeah, that's I mean that's super solid. That's great, dude. And you can, it, it's like a, a 100% no questions asked. When you order it, the sizing is a little bit different for 
um, compared to normal clothing. And so you, you can keep sending it back until you get the perfect size that you want, which is really neat that they do that. They'll send you a shipping label with every order. Yeah. And if it's wrong, you just send it back and get what you need. And uh, no questions asked. Just a good, solid um, company. The company's great, and the guys who work there are awesome. I've been very impressed, and I continue to be impressed. I have received word that there's going to be new, some new stuff coming out from Scree Gear at some point. Can't give all that goody information away, but it is going to be awesome, and y'all are going to like it. So Sweet. Let's get into this episode, Drew. What do you think? Yeah, man. I, um, well, one, I'm super jealous. I know you're not supposed to be jealous. The Bible says not to be jealous, but I'm jealous. <laughs> um, went up to Kentucky at a really good deer camp, it looked like, um, and killed a big buck. So I was jealous about that. Um, but uh, let's see. The, the last week has been um, – I mean, really warm here. Um, I mean, shorts and t-shirt type of weather, you know? And, uh-huh. and so I, I was trying to find some fresh sign and, and at the start of the week, um, just couldn't, just couldn't find it. I figured they were, would be on acorns and I still think that they are, but it was just trying to find the, the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat on Friday, uh, uh, one on a piece of public, and I mean, it's just a, just an acorn flat. And, um, I figured I'd, I'd see some deer and I, I didn't, I, I didn't see any deer, which I was kind of surprised at was sitting over, um, two really good deer trails and, and nothing. I mean, acorns are raining down. I mean, squirrels are going everywhere, you know, and, um, nothing to it. And so that was, that was Friday. Um, uh, now, the Saturday before I ended up shooting, uh, shooting a doe and, uh, didn't recover. Um, I still don't know what happened there. I've, I've, I've replayed that shot. The only thing I can think of is I hit her way far back than what I thought I did. I mean, that's the only, that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, looked for blood for a couple hours. Um, couldn't, couldn't find anything. And, um, and so, but there is a uh, there is a cool part to that story, and that was that your your boy got to be with you for it. Yeah, yeah. Shot. Little man was li, little man was with me, um, and uh, um, shot her. Um, he there were there was one drop of blood on on a um, on a on a leaf. He got to see he got to see it. We he, we 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 tracked her about twenty yards, but it was really thick. It was a bunch of briars, and I mean he had got cut up. So we I uh, ended up taking him back, and then went back out there and um, searched and searched and searched. Didn't find nothing, and then rain came in that night, and uh, it just didn't find her. So so that was my experience with them uh, last Saturday, and I we we haven't talked because. I mean, you know, you've been, you've been up killing monster deer, um, you know, and which is, dude, the body on that deer, I, okay, we can talk about that later, stay focused, Drew. And so, um, <laughs> but, so, well, you, well, you, you sent me these pictures, I'm sitting here looking at these pictures of this, of this deer, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that, I mean, that's, it's just a huge deer. And so, but I, I do got a good one, because me and little man, um uh we we went saturday and we, i i took him over to our club 
and I went and set a spot that um, um, no one has set all year, and I, I'm pretty much the only one that actually hunts it. And so uh, a couple weeks before, I had I had gone over to put a camera out, and um, it's, it's just a clear cut. It's just a, a clear cut about three years old, um, and, and uh, so it's, it's real grown up, real thick, real nasty with, with a creek running through it. So um, I, I, uh, went, I went to check a camera or, or put a camera out because um, there's there I've seen a lot of deer on the side of the road there and then just different things. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go put a camera out. So I get out and I, and I, I start walking in and I see, uh, I see a really big deer track. Um, and I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, that, that's the first I had, that's the first big track that I've seen, um, over there. And I was like, well, huh, that's interesting. So went and put a camera out. And so that, that was a couple weeks ago. Well, me little man, um, he, he wanted to go hunting with me. So I'm like, all right, well, the wind set up good for it. And so I was like, all right, we're, we're going to go sit on the ground. So, I took a couple chairs in. We we went and got behind some briar bushes. I cut I cut a hole out to where I could shoot down it, and um and so we we walk in and um I have all hit, hunting hunting with kids is awesome, but it's also tough because <laughs> like I mean I'm carrying a backpack. I have a whole bunch of stuff. I got a I got an iPad for him um, to keep him occupied while, while we sit there. Because we're going to sit there for three hours. He's got a snack bag that weighs five pounds. You know, um, he eats that in the first five minutes normally <laughs> of us sitting there. And, um, you know, water bottles. And, I mean, I, uh, I got his chair. And um, and I'm trying to teach him how to walk in quietly and, ha- and how to use, uh, you know, whisper and all that stuff. He doesn't understand any of it. Um he likes he likes walking on the leaves because the leaves make a crunching noise. He thinks the crunching noise is cool, and I'm like, oh, no, buddy, that's not. And so, um, but so we we're walking in, and I get to our spot, and I I get our chair set up and everything like that, and I, and I have my gun over my shoulder. I'm gonna take my backpack off, so I take my gun off, set it down. I take my backpack off, and I and I ease it down on a um, on the ground there, and there's there's leaves everywhere. And and it crunched. Well, when it crunched, a buck jumped jumped out of the pines. He was bedded right on the side of this cut road. He jumped out of the pines, jumped right into the uh, right into my lane. And then um, and Briar's like, Briar saw him. It was, a, it was the first buck that Briar really saw. And huh. and of course, of course, instead of you know going like you know you know just pointing and looking, he's like, Dad, look, you know, and. Um, <laughs> And and the the buck runs off, and I'm like, oh, okay, great, great. Um, I'm like, buddy, you know, whenever you see a deer, don't yell, just you know, just simply point at it and 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 you know, whisper real, real quietly. So, so he was a good deer. Um, um I would have definitely shot him. Uh, more than likely, I would have killed him. Um, if I didn't have a little man there. Um, but that's all right. Um, and so we, so we sit down and, um, we're sitting there and he falls over in his chair and falls into some briars. And then we have to pick him back up and finally get him all situated. And we're, he's eating all his snacks and stuff's going everywhere. And, and, um, and he, I had, I had, um, brought in a, um, I had brought in a, a deer antler 
just I was just going to rake some limbs with it and and just see if we can get some action sitting down on the ground. And so, um, so I started doing that. Well, little man just thought it's the coolest thing in the world. He just started shaking trees. So he starts shaking trees. And so we're sitting there and um and and I see two deer walk on the other side of the creek. But when I say I, I turn around to Briar, I'm like Briar, don't move. There's deer. Well, he thought if he shook the tree, it would it would bring the deer closer in to us. And so he starts shaking the tree while the deer are walking 50 yards from us. And it's a it, it's a buck that's uh, um, tagging a doe. And so I finally get it was just it was just a fiasco, man. But the cool thing is is that we did see two bucks that's on crazy. the ground with with my four year old. Um, and he's sitting just he's sitting behind some uh some briars and that's and so uh and and we almost pulled it off i mean we almost pulled it off and uh yeah it was we were really close to to doing it and um but he's learning he's learning how he's learning how to whisper he's learning how to um um, look at the deer track every deer track that we see he points it out every one and so all 47 of them we had to look at on the way in. And so I'm like, buddy, we got to get to where we're going, you know? And so, um, so that, that hunt was really cool. And, and, and so um, it's starting to, I think the rut's starting to kind of pick up just a little bit um, in different parts of where, of where we're at right now. And um, um, here, here in North Alabama. And so it's, it's cool. I've also seen a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of deer, hit the ground this weekend. I mean, there's a lot of people posting pictures on Facebook and, um, Instagram. Um, um, a lot of people that, that I know that killed good bucks this, this weekend. And so, um, something got them up and got them moving. Cause it, it wasn't the cold weather. We didn't have any cold weather, uh, this weekend. So, you know, um, either they were close to bedding, the guys were close to bedding or they were cruising just a little bit or started cruising. And so that's, that's pretty much my, um, you know, week. I mean, I didn't get out too much, um, um, this week we had some, we've been dealing with some sickness here in the house, but baby girl got sick. So we had to kind of deal with that. And, um, she's totally better tested negative. Thank God, you know, all that stuff. So that's pretty much it, man. Um, and, but it, dude, it would have been so cool if we were able to kill one on the ground with, with little man. That would have been been cool. That would have been really cool. I think it's very impressive though, that you're able to get a shot off with a bow with him with you. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was, we, we, we had a little hiccup, um, early season. Um, I was at full draw on one and, um, he wanted to see like, um, he, he, he wanted to see the deer and, 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 and I'm at full draw on her and I'm, I'm like, buddy, stay seated. I'm about to shoot a deer and he pokes his head out the window and goes where and scares all the deer <laughs> everywhere. So, so we've come a long way since then. And so, um, but it's cool, you know. We're, he's getting to experience some stuff that, um, you know, looking back on my childhood, because you know, growing up in the Panhandle, Florida, um, I didn't. I mean, we didn't see a ton of deer, you know. And so um, he's he's all about it. Wants to go with me. Um, d- does a great job. We we sat for three hours, you know, um, and he did a great job, you know. Um, and uh, so it's cool, man. I, I'm I'm. I'm really in, enjoying getting him out and um, he's, he's wanting to go and I'm wanting to take him. And, and yeah, you know, it probably, it probably cost me a buck, you know, 
But at the end of the day, I'm more worried about him falling in love w- with with the sport, you know, than I am about killing that that buck, you know. Yeah, you'll get you'll get tons of opportunities to kill buck in your lifetime. Right, and you only got one right. chance to to really make this a good experience for him. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's amazing. That's so much fun, man. I'm so glad that that happened for you guys the way that it did. Like, that's just really really cool. And yeah, uh, so there's. A, there's a good chance we can we can kill one in, in the next couple of weeks, and and I'm and I'm hoping that um, that that he's with me on um, on one of those, you know. And so I would I would love to be able to shoot one. Um, oh yeah, with with him there, you know. So so that so that's awesome. So that would be so really cool. That that's that's my week. So tell me tell me, Drew, so, is there anything that you've learned this past week that uh, is something? I know last time you had an encounter with some bucks that was that was a pretty good encounter and you learned a lot through that um through that encounter is there anything this this time that you've learned that uh that maybe is going to stick with you for the rest of your hunting life um for the rest of my hunting life yeah I'm I'm actually learning and this is um it's not sound kind of um generic um but um, I'm actually learning how to hunt cutovers better. Um, um, sometimes guys, I mean, you know, especially in the state of Alabama, you know, a, a lot of guys hunt cutovers, but they hunt them with rifles and then they just get on the edge. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, um, I'm going to do that this year. But I also love hunting from the grounds. And if you can get in, in the cutover and find you some good cover, um, with some terrain that's also what i'm finding is that even in the cutover we we just kind of think of the cutovers as oh it's just one huge big bedding piece well it's actually not they're they're only going to bed in certain places in that cutover um this this buck for example he was bedded on a on a knob that's coming off of a hit off off of a creek and he was bedded on the um you know one, on one of the secondary ridges now it wasn't a huge ridge mm-hmm. you know it was just a little subtle um, uh, a, a little subtle terrain feature that he was bedded on and um, he could, he could, he could hear and see us walking in. Um, and then uh, it, it, it was, it, the wind was in our face, so he couldn't, he couldn't smell us, but he could, he, he could hear us and, and see us walking in. And so he, he was bedded right there. And so even in the middle of, 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 of that cutover, he was still bedded on that point. And so sometimes, guys, you won't be able to shoot them on the edges. You got to get in there with them, especially with a bow. I mean, you can get in there with a bow, and um, there's some spots in those cutovers that are you can have a 20, 25 yard shot um, pretty easily. Um, it's just, but you just got to find the you got to find the right one. So I'm I'm learning how to hunt hunt cutovers better um, rather than just um, you know posting up on a couple um, trees around the edges because um, uh, I'm finding that they're bedded in those spots and I, and don't just take and assume, Oh, it's just, it's a 40 acre cutover there. It's, it's all bedding. No, it's not. There's probably only maybe a couple acres in there that are actually where deer are bedded at. Yeah. And so, um, I also had another encounter. I didn't, I, I didn't tell, I didn't tell you this one, did I? I don't, um, I don't think so. Where, um, I got permission to hunt uh, a 30-acre piece, um, and 
a couple in our church um, graciously uh, gave me permission, and I went and scouted it. And 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 all it is is just uh, just the oak flat. I mean, it's just just the oak bottom. That's all it is. And so, but I was walking the edge of it, it butts up against a cow pasture, and on that edge was four or five fresh scrapes. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right, well. Um, let's, let, let, let's just try it. So I, I had a good win. Uh, I was running, I was running late and, um, and that cost me because as I, as I got to my tree, I got my first stick set on my tree and I hear a deer walking this, this, this logging road where all the scrapes were at. Sure enough, it was a basket rack buck that was walking and, um, he, he was walking and he was coming, he was checking, he checked one scrape and then was angling away from me. And I was, I was literally, I had, I had, I was tied in everywhere. I, I had my lineman's rope tied in. I had my first stick up. I had, I had my, um, I had my pull-up rope on my bow. I mean, I was, so I had to undo all that. It was a cluster, man. It was an absolute cluster. <laughs> and it was, it was still so dark that I, I couldn't, I couldn't see the numbers on my range. It, it was legal, but, but I couldn't see the um, numbers. And so I just guessed and, and I whiffed right underneath them and um, it, it went right underneath them. I lost, I lost the broadhead, which hurt my heart. Cause that was $15 broadhead. You know, it stuck in an oak tree. It buried in an oak tree. And the, <laughs> well, you're shooting the only like 8,000 grain arrows. So it's true, man. It'd be like, tough it's to get them it's out awesome of there. when it goes through an animal. It's not awesome when it uh, goes into a, a in, into an oak tree and you have to chop it down to get it, which I couldn't. So I was like, I just unscrewed it and I was like, well, it's, it's just in there. And so, but, um, I, I shot him for 25 and he ended up being when I, when I ranged it, when it was daylight, he, he ended up being 38 okay. and I just, I, I, I just guessed. And, um, first time in there, I didn't know any of the, any, anything, but at first sit, you know, which, which, which we talk about a lot first sit in also, I thought it was cool. Um, I've never had a whole lot of success over scrapes except for this time. Um, but this was way early than, than what I thought that a buck should be making one. So I was like, okay, there's a good chance if he's making the, if he's putting down this type of sign, then there's a good chance I can catch him in daylight. And sure enough, I went back the next morning and, and, and had a shot. Just, I just, I just blew it. I, I, I just blew it. And, um, but I wasn't too upset about it. I mean, because uh, like I said, I, I was, I was, I was still hooked into my llama's rope, leaning off the tree, trying to shoot him. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, so, so, so I'm having some good encounters, um, seeing some good sign, and just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to hunt the freshest sign that I possibly can find, which last week was really hard to do because they're, they're, I don't know what it was, man. They're just, I, I couldn't find a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, it. So we're getting into this this part of the year. I've explained it to people. Uh, I was in camp with a bunch of people, you know, uh, this past week in Kentucky, just describing what our rut is actually like. So we're actually kind of in a in a part of the season here in Alabama that is more similar to everyone else's October lull. Um, right. Whether or not you believe in the lull or not, obviously the the deer don't just disappear off the face of the earth, but they're just the bucks just aren't moving around nearly as much. Um, they've right. separated. They're not in bachelor groups anymore. Obviously, they're not in velvet anymore, and they've started to separate. And they've they've become fairly reclusive. 
they're not really hanging out in groups. They're not hanging out with, with does a whole lot, but they, I do believe they are keeping tabs on the does as much as they can. Right. We're, we're right here, you know, in a lot of our area. Um, we're right here at a time where it, 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 it's not the rut. It's not even the pre rut. They're just surviving basically is what it seems right. like. They're just, they're just living. And, um, I think things like cold fronts and, and any type of change in weather and high pressure, that's going to get them on their feet more, but still it's going to be fairly slow, I think. Um, and, and, and I guess kind of moving into my story from last week where I killed the buck here in Alabama. Um, I had seen a lot of does in this same area, and and this video is on YouTube as well. It's already up, so you can watch it and kind of see how it all it all plays out. But um, I had seen a whole bunch of does in the area, and actually saw a, a small, a little small buck just like running a doe, like like a crazy thing, like he was rabid or something, like he was jumping <laughs> up and down and bucking and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, but I'd seen, I saw one in one morning, I saw 22 deer. I saw 22 does that morning. And uh, actually, I may have talked about that in the pod, in the most recent pod, or the, our, our last podcast. I can't remember if I did or not, yeah. if I talked about it in the, the episode where me and you talked. But um, I saw 22 deer that morning. That's a ton of deer to see in Alabama on public land. And uh, 22 deer, could have shot a doe if I wanted to, but... The way this area lays out, it's just a big, gigantic bedding area. Like, um, I know that it, it it sets up similar to a cutover. It's not a cutover. It's just a thicket. It's just got big briars yeah. and and tall grass where they have tons of protection. And this time of year, when the leaves haven't all the way dropped and some stuff is still kind of green, um, it, it's just nasty in there. And I knew that, I know bucks or in there. I know they're bedding there. I found their beds. And, uh, last year I actually walked through that bedding area and, uh, did like a little deer drive at the end of the season with my buddy, Alex Boyke. And he ended up killing a doe. I, I ran a doe over to him and he shot it. And when I walked through it, I found just tons of bedding. I mean, beds everywhere, rubs, just thrashed up trees, crazy stuff. And uh, I already knew, I knew that's what it was, but it just kind of confirmed it for me. And so I've been waiting to go into this, in, in to, to crowd that area until the wind was right and we had a good cold front. That's what I really wanted. Um, I wanted to be able to hunt kind of close to the the end of that cold front. So three days after, I just have found that three three days before, three days after kind of seems to be the best time to go into an area um that you really want to hunt if you want to catch movement that's due to the, to the, any type of front. And I I don't know if it has something to do with the deer just getting used to it or the pressure changes or what, but that just seems to be the best time three days before and three days after. So that's one thing that I've kind of confirmed in this, uh, in this hunt. The other thing is that a Wednesday on public land seems to be the best time. Now, Drew, you had gotten kind of sick. Um, Mm -hmm. You got kind of sick, and we were concerned that you may have had COVID, and so yeah, I, yeah. which thank God you didn't, you didn't have it. But before we knew, you had gotten a test, and it wasn't a rapid test or anything, so it, it took some time. So I actually had to 
um, quarantine, quote unquote, quarantine from work and uh, on that week, which was, I mean, fine because it's deer season, you know, and no, nobody's getting <laughs> nobody's getting COVID in the in the woods. And so uh, so I wasn't actually able that our our church made made that kind of a rule that if you get exposed or you're possibly exposed, you have to stay at home and quarantine until they come back with a negative test. So that Wednesday I went in, I really didn't hunt a ton while I was on that quarantine. But um, that Wednesday I was like, you know, I I can go out there. I don't have to be anywhere. So I went out and went into it was the third day after the cold front blew through. It was already starting to get a little bit warmer, but it was still chilly. It was still a good day. And uh, I had the wind just absolutely perfect for this spot. And this one spot, it's a corner with a big drainage that comes up out of the bottom and into that uh, into that big uh, bedding area. And those deer use it like crazy. And last year, the first time I went in there, the first time I actually hunted it, I saw quite a few deer, and when I walked out, uh, I found the first really decent buck sign of the season. And it was yeah. it was definitely later than it is now. It was later in November. Yeah. It was actually probably about right now, to be honest. It was probably mid-November. And gun season hadn't opened up. It was the, the end of, of archery season. And um, I had found like 15 scrapes just along this edge. So I knew there was probably a lot of bucks using it. And, uh, and that's kind of where I put kind of put it together that what they were doing and how they were using this area. So I went in, I had not pressured it at all. I had not even hunted that spot uh, at all this season because the wind hasn't been right. And so I went in with a good wind and ended up seeing a few does. And then right at nine 30, I guess it was, it was maybe nine o'clock in the, in the morning. Um, <clears throat> I'd heard a bunch of, a whole bunch of birds started chirping like crazy. And I just wasn't paying any attention, man. Like I just, It was getting late, and the sun was definitely getting warm, and I just had a deer, which I believe was a buck just by the sound of its blow, blew behind me, got downwind of me, and it it blew forever. It blew 15 million times, dude. It was just stupid. And so I was kind of (laughs) down. It was the day after the election, so I was looking at – I was looking at online just trying to catch up on all the election results, and birds were chirping, and I just wasn't even thinking clearly, and I just look up. And right in front of me at 35 yards is a buck standing there just kind of rubbing his, just lightly rubbing his antlers on a tree. It looks like he's probably on a, been just licking on that licking branch right in front of me while I hadn't been paying attention. And pretty much did exactly what I had planned on a buck doing if I saw a buck that morning. He came out of his bed really quietly, went over there, licked on that licking branch, was kind of getting started making sign. And, um... And so I just scrambled, dude. I was scrambling, just trying to get the camera on, trying to get everything done. And he started walking, and he walked into a into a lane. And I had I had judged, I had, I had uh, ranged a, a tree that was right on the edge of that bedding area, just like a little stump. I ranged that at forty one yards, which is not really within my comfortable range, to be honest with you. Um, but just, I mean, it was just reaction. I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot this deer at forty. And I shot him for 40, and that arrow flies way over his back. And uh, I was like, what the heck, man? How did it miss him by that much? Well, (laughs) lucky for me, he just kind of takes a couple steps, and I had really good cover where I was at. It's just a perfect tree in a perfect spot. 
and he takes a couple steps and just looks around and doesn't see anything. And so I'm like grabbing an arrow <laughs> very slowly, grab another arrow out of my quiver, put it in, knock it, lean out really slowly. And he's just kind of standing there trying to smell and see if there's anything wrong. And uh, stands there just enough time for me to range him and actually get an accurate range. And he was actually further away than he was on my initial shot. I think my initial shot, he was probably closer to 30 yards. And with these heavy arrows, 10 yards can definitely make a, a big difference in your right. um, in your shot. So I, I ranged him at 36, and I ranged it three different times. And he stood there just frozen solid pretty much for me to do that. And uh, I ranged him at 36 and shot him quartering two right in front of the the shoulder. And it exited right out the back of the opposite shoulder. And the deer piled up in 60 yards dead. And uh, and that was it. I mean, it was just another one of those times when, when you get close to that core area, this time of year is the time to do it. And right. you have to be safe. It's, yeah. it's like it's like a safe aggression, I guess. You got to go in. You can't just go in carefree. You have to be careful about your access route, how you're getting in there, making sure the wind is not blowing into that area while you're walking in in the morning. Because especially this time of year, more than likely he is, if he's not in his bed yet, he is on his way to it. And uh, and this was not by any means. It was not a mature deer. He was a young deer that had a decent rack on him. Um, for for his age in our area, he had a a decent rack for the age that he probably was. And but but still, you you cannot be careless in this time of the season because what you could potentially do is run a deer out for the rest of the season, and he may not want to come back if he ever wins you. Right. Um, he may he may leave, and he may blow out every other deer in the in the vicinity. And so you got to be safe, but you if you want to kill a buck, you got to get close to those areas, to those core areas where where you know the first sign is usually going to start opening up. That's the same thing that happened on the on the private piece when I went in there and got mobile and got aggressive. It was a safe aggression. Um not which it's not my place. I don't even get to hunt it very much, you know. It's it, it, it's really nothing to me if I blow a deer out of there. But still, I don't. If I'm going in there to hunt it, I don't want to blow that deer out of there at that time. So you, everything really has to line up perfect for you to be able to go yeah. in there and do it. And and the Dequistos talk about this stuff all the time. This is their favorite time of the year to hunt for their area. They like hunting in October, and they get aggressive. They get really close to the bedding, and um, right up in that core area, and it pays off for them all the time. And so, I think guys listening to this who are maybe in our area or um, even in the future uh, when, if you're, if you listen to this, you know, later on, you know, during a, an October, November timeframe for, uh, for this time of year, really throughout the state of Alabama, because we have late ruts pretty much everywhere. Don't be afraid to get aggressive, but be, yeah. cautious, be, be cautious about what you're, what you're doing and where you're going into. So, that was kind of that that story. I learned a lot and confirmed a lot of things, specifically the cold front three days three days after the cold front blows blows through, and also you know hunting on Wednesdays. Just pressure on Wednesdays has finally died down from the weekend, and they kind of start getting back to their normal thing. 
And believe it or not, I shot the buck in Kentucky on a Wednesday as well. So I I could look back and tell you out of the last, let's just say the last 10 bucks that I've killed, I would bet you seven or more have been on Wednesdays. Just yeah. for whatever reason, it's a good day to be in the woods when you're when you're talking yeah. about pressure. So uh, did you have any questions, Drew, or is there anything that I missed that maybe you know happened in that in that story? No, I mean that, that, that's pretty much um, pretty pretty much what me and you had talked about, um, and uh, and I'm I'm actually really excited to hear the Kentucky buck because I mean we like I said we haven't talked we haven't talked all that much you yeah. know um, and um, and so I I would be interested to see the, uh, hear the Parker if did um. Did you change your tactics any going into Kentucky? Even though I know you know it's it's a it's a southern state, but it's it's different. Um, you know, um, obviously the the there's better bucks up there, bigger deer up there, um, kind of more of a uh, of a traditional kind of Midwest rut. Um, um, I think that's how a lot of people think about um, Kentucky when it comes to the rut. So, like, did. Um, were you going to change any tactics or did you do anything different? Um, was your mindset different going up there during the rut versus down here? Yeah, my mindset was definitely different, you know, um, especially for the time of year that it, that it was, you know, I'm going mm-hmm. from, I'm going from a uh, quote unquote, quote, lull air time in Alabama to the best time to be in the woods ever in Kentucky. So your mindset does have to change. Right. You've got to, you've got to, you know, kind of change your, um, your tactics and strategies, which is a, a relatively hard thing to do when you've been, you know, usually you can kind of work yourself into the rut in your area and you, right. you know, you get, you have a, I guess you have your thumb on what the deer are doing in your area. And so you can really follow what stages they're in. And when you go from Alabama to Kentucky the next day, it's like, totally different it's everything's different um and so basically my 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 strategies for the kentucky trip was different than really anything that i have ever done um i was going to be there for uh six days i guess i left on sunday after church and my plan was to come back saturday which was yesterday and um so i had time and i've put a lot of time into kentucky in, in the past and early season and even some late later season hunts, um, my first year hunting up there. And, uh, I've put lots of time in and drew, I think one of the things that I'm guilty of and a lot of people are guilty of is being so anxious, like just ready to hunt and be in a tree yeah. that you don't give yourself the advantage by scouting, doing, doing yourself due diligence and scouting and, and really putting time in an area you could scout in the summertime and that's that's all fine and dandy but things are just going to be different this time of year when you get there and actually are hunting yeah. so i had basically told myself for the first two days uh i'm gonna i'm gonna scout i might hunt a little bit but i'm gonna the majority of what i do is going to be scouting and i think uh i think i was talking to my dad while I was there and he said he had read something and I thought it really applied really well. It was that it takes you three days. If you go on a, up to a place you've never been before, 
Um, it takes three days of scouting. You need three days of hunting to kill a deer. And then three years of hunting that same area to actually figure out what the deer are doing there. Um, right. And, and it, it just totally is true. Uh, but I think the most beneficial thing about scouting is scouting the hunting pressure. Like what, what's what been going on the whole time that you haven't been there. Um, because you can right. look on the map and say, man, that spot looks really good. And put, you all, put all your eggs in that basket. But it really doesn't matter if 27 people have been hunting that area since the beginning of season you know it right you can't you can't expect the deer to still be there if that be the case and so my my idea was that the first day i brought my kayak i planned on using my kayak there was definitely water access there i planned on using it and that was the areas that i pretty much scouted from uh from you know my house on onyx and um it's big woods it's really big woods in this place Everything on the map looks the exact same. You can't find hard transition lines. Everything just looks the exact same on the map. And so I knew I was gonna. It was gonna take time. I needed to learn what the area looked like, and I also wanted to scout pressure. So I took the first, the whole first half of the first day, and just drove around all the roads around the areas that I had intended to hunt by kayak, just because I wanted to see what kind of pressure was in there. If there was you know, if there was 20 trucks parked in a line on the perimeter of this area, well, then I probably wouldn't go in there because the chances that all 27 or 20 of those trucks are all those guys, we just, you just have to assume that they're not all going to be just one guy in each truck. So there could potentially be close to a hundred people hunting this one area if there's all these trucks parked there. And so I wanted to just see what the pressure was like on on a monday morning and so i just drove around that area found boat ramps i found um you know, the, the possible access that you could walk into the area and scouted all those scouted all the you know the the road system is really good but there's there's definitely some spots where the roads are um muddy or blocked and you just can't tell all that stuff from the map you have to go and actually see it right and uh and and funny enough the 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 buck I ended up shooting was in an area that I did go and scout that I scouted that perimeter of it and found a whole bunch of uh a whole bunch of roads that were blocked off so it was really just a chunk that could be very isolated unless somebody walked back in there a mile and a half through some really steep terrain and uh, I just I you just have to assume that not a lot of people are going to go and do that. Um, somebody will. Right. Somebody is. Somebody has. But the majority of the time, those people aren't going to do that. So I spent the most the first two days just doing that, scouting, putting boots on the ground, finding areas. Um, I hunted the first evening. Uh, I hunted about an hour before dark and uh, didn't like my setup, but I just figured, what the heck, I might as well just hang up and and see if I see something on this this little saddle. And so. I ended up seeing four does that day, and that was cool, you know, to see some deer. Got down, um, I kayaked into that area and just really scouted the heck out of it all afternoon. And so by the last, you know, hour of daylight, I was just kind of wore out and didn't want to hang up in any of the areas that I had found good sign because I'd pretty well walked around the whole place. So I just went to a spot that on the map had a good terrain feature and set up there and 
it was cool. I saw a deer, or I saw four deer. Um, the next morning, I went in and went in blind to an area, and my intention was to get down at around 8 o'clock and scout the rest of the day. And so I go into this area. I don't see any deer. And um, I'm about to get down. I turn the camera on and like, hey, I'm about to get down. And I look, and there's a deer bedded down like 40 yards away from me. There's a doe <laughs> just laying down. I don't know how she got there. It was wide open hardwoods. And I have no idea how she got there or how long she had been there. But I ended up sitting on, sitting, waiting on her to get up and leave because I thought maybe there might be a buck close by. Um, but after that, I got down and I scouted. Dude, I scouted so stinking much that day. And I told myself, Parker, you're not going to hunt until you find something that's worth hunting. And yeah, uh, and I didn't find anything to me that was worth hunting that afternoon. Um, I went in. I was very confident that I was going to hike back into this one area that would really be a good kayak access spot, but I ended up hiking it just because it was raining and I didn't want to get out in the kayak that day. So I hiked it and I thought I was going to find freaking buck sign everywhere, just deer running around all over the place. And I ended up putting (laughs) on like 3.9 miles overall on that, that little hike and did not find anything to me that was worth uh, crap. And I ended up scouting probably three or four different places that afternoon and just never found anything. But what I was doing was crossing stuff off, off of my map. I was narrowing down <clears throat> areas the day before I'd actually found some pretty good stuff. So I had planned to go in there and hunt at some point. Um, and then the next day, uh, so actually that evening I ended up breaking the CV axle on my truck. Uh, I don't know how I did it. I went through some some mud and turned around and as soon as I turned around it popped and broke and we had a guy in camp that could fix it and so he fixed it for me which is really cool his name's Croft he was actually a guest last week he was one of the guys that was on the on the podcast episode super good guy again the guys that I was in camp with were just awesome Clayton Bond put it together um Scott Anglin who's been on some videos before uh Greg Godfrey was there um Adrian was there Greg Godfrey's just a—he's kind of a nobody. He doesn't. Nobody really knows who he is. Yeah, apparently he's got a lot of fanboys though. So, um, no, he was there. There was—it's just a really solid group of guys. But so the next day, I—I I was going to scout some more because I really didn't find anything that I liked. It was Wednesday, and uh, I didn't find anything that I liked. But I said, you know what? It's the first wind coming out of the north that there's been in a while here, in like a week or so. Every wind that had they had the guys that had been hunting had hunted was all winds coming out of the south, and so I knew it was going to be a good day. It was November the 11th. It's the heat of the rut. It's the wind, the first wind in a while coming out of the north. It was going to be a little bit chillier, um, like 40 degrees or something like that. So it was going to be a little bit cooler, and I figured the bucks were going to be on their feet. So I wanted to be set up somewhere on a terrain feature that on the map looked like it would be a good funnel. I wanted to be set up somewhere for first light and then I was going to get down and scout the rest of the the rest of the day in that area because I'd kayaked in a mile and a half. I wanted to stay in that same area because I knew that there were going to be deer in there and it happened to be the same one where I drove and found the the roads blocked off and it was walk-in access only from that point on and so it was just a super isolated little spot. So I found this saddle that looked really good. It was coming off of It was a secondary ridge coming off of the main ridge, and right where it split off, it dipped down 
and came back up and made a really nice saddle there. So I go and uh, kayak in, and let me tell you something about Kentucky. I have not been to a place in Kentucky that the water did not hold Asian carp. And if you know <laughs> anything about Asian carp, they are flying carp. It's what you see on TV where guys are like wearing football helmets, riding in a, in a boat, and catching them with a net. I mean, and they're big jokers too. They are not small. Yeah. Hey, hey. I know. I know people laugh at it, but I know guys that have broken their arm, like friends of mine that have had their arm broke because the Asian carp jumped up and hit them. Dude, I mean, so they're like, they're like is, twenty-five not, pounds. Yeah, they're big, and there's nothing on the water that I have ever faced that will make your butthole get so tight, um, like an Asian carp will. Like you're just clenching your butt the whole time, the whole ride in the dark, hoping that one doesn't just <laughs> smack you right in the face. And I actually did have one come up and just, I mean, he threw my boat off. Like he, he came up and hit the bottom of my boat and like bumped it, like moved it. Um, and they have so much force. And then I had another one that jumped up in front of me, just a couple of feet in front of the boat. And it just, it'll make you dang nervous, man. Especially in the dark, in a place you haven't been before. It just makes you nervous. And so um, I did that that morning, went in, went in, got out of the boat and hiked in there. And uh, I was, I found a tree and it actually happened to be a lot, a lot thicker on this saddle than what I expected, which was great. I was really hoping to find something with a higher stem count just because they say out there that, well, the bucks are fine out in the open hardwoods, but I still believe that a buck is going, a cruising buck especially, is going to choose the thicker areas that offer more cover, especially a mature one. And um, yeah. and so I, I get in there and um, find a tree, and I'm like, I'm jacked up about this. I found a scrape a little ways before and some rubs and stuff, and uh, it was just starting to get light as I was climbing the tree. And so it was funny you talked about shaking the tree branch and all that stuff because what I did mm-hmm. was I had a whole bunch of tree branches around right where I ended up at on this tree. And so I just started thrashing them and breaking them so I could have some shots and get them out of my way. They were like kind of poking me in the back and all around my face. So I was breaking them and I wasn't being quiet about it because it's the rut, man. Like the deer, that that's an a that's an attraction sound to them. Like a big buck is gonna right. get curious, especially if he hears the noise coming from a direction that human pressure does not normally come from, which is from the water. Right. And so I start breaking these branches and stuff, and I'm getting them out of my way, and I finally get it right. And I was about to hang up my my camera arm, and I thought, you know what? Just in case, I'm gonna pull up my bow. I'm just gonna pull up my bow right here. Normally, I put my camera gear up before I grab my bow uh, and get that all set up because I want to have the camera out, you know, so I can film stuff if whatever. And so I put my camera arm down and I grab my bow. And as I'm pulling my bow up, I hear. And I look over and I see this buck standing right in the middle of the saddle. And. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he looks over at me. He knows that he heard a buck just thrashing some limbs just a few seconds ago. And he looks over and he's looking and trying to find what it is he's looking for. And 
trying to look for another buck, and he starts, you know, kind of stiff leg walking. And um, so I just, like, and slowly am pulling my bow up. So so your bow is still spinning on your pull-up rope as, as the deer is walking in. A hundred percent. My bow is still doing that. My aider is hanging off of my side, hanging down. My lineman's belt. All I, all I am is on the platform, tethered in. That's the only thing that is set at this point. Yeah. And uh, and so I pull my bow up real slowly. At this point, I don't know how big of a buck he actually is because, like I said, it was just peaking light. Um, but I could tell he was a buck. He was a big-bodied, big buck. And so I'm just slowly pulling my bow up, slowly getting it up. And then he hits a spot that was wide open, and I could see what he had on his head. And I was like, oh, yep. He's not going to get a pass if, oh. if if I if I get my bow up in time, I'm not passing on this deer just because the camera's not set up. And so I'm pulling it up, pulling it up, and finally get my bow in my hand, and I have to pull in pull my release out of my pocket because it's still buried in my pocket somewhere. So I, I clip my release on. My quiver is still hanging on my bow, and with heavy arrows, that kind of throws your balance off a little bit. So I grab an, an arrow and knock it and. Um, I'm going to try to do this as good as I can. It may not work out cause I've been talking for a minute, but he's walking away from me at this point and he's kind of just given up and he's walking away. He's going to walk down the Ridge. And, um, and so I, he gets behind some thick stuff. I finally get everything ready enough to shoot. And at this, he's probably about at my, uh, seven o'clock, I guess. So kind of right behind me. And, yeah. uh, and uh, he goes into the six stuff walking away and I go, bah and I hear I hear him stop he comes to a stop really hard and he starts he quarters his body towards me and I can see it through the branches and he walks just a little bit closer probably covers about 10 yards or so and then just is like nah and so then he starts walking back down the hill but he's not walking away from me at this point he's just walking down and so he hits a spot where if I duck down just enough, I can duck down under some branches and I don't have my, I don't have my, um, uh, range finder out either. So I'm just guessing at this point, like, yep, he looks about 30 yards. I'm going to put my 30 yard pin on him and he's walking through this open and I do it again. I go, Bruh. and he stops and looks, he gives me just enough time and I squeeze it off and hit him high. I hit him really high, like right under the back straps high. And, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, he ran, he ran just a couple of steps and stopped. And I was like, oh man, that deer is gonna, that, that was an awful shot. He's going to live like, there's no way. And as I'm thinking that I'm beating myself up, I just see a white belly just flip over and, <laughs> just, and just start going crazy and stops really fast and just dies. He was dead fast. And I was like. Oh man. Oh my gosh. I just killed a big buck in Kentucky. Like what in the world just happened to me just now? And, um, and I mean like he's dead, he's dead laying right there in bow range. He's dead. Like he didn't run. I bet he didn't take five yards of a leap. It was just insane. And so I'm, I'm just like going crazy and scrambling to get my camera out so I can have something to put with this video because I just, totally screwed the pooch and shot a deer off camera. And, uh, so I'm like just scrambling and trying to do that. I get the footage of him laying there and all that stuff. And, uh, 
um, start calling people. I start calling. I call my dad. Hang up with my dad. Yeah. As soon as I hang up with my dad, another big eight point comes walking down the ridge. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's another deer. And so I start filming him. And I film him for a few minutes. And he's just walking around all over the place. He's a younger deer and not nearly as big as, sorry, as the one I ended up shooting. But he's still a good buck. If I would have, if he would have been the first deer that walked out and I had my camera ready, I probably would have shot him because he was, you know, a decent eight point. And so I was like, this is crazy. And so then I call my wife and I'm FaceTiming her and I said, oh, hey, this other deer is about to come back out again. Because he had just kind of walked around and was milling around. He walked over to the dead buck and I thought he was going to start trying to gore him and stuff. He walked over to him and just kind of just moseyed away and I started hearing another deer and I see another deer. I see another buck and I told my wife, I was like, hey, there's another buck here. And, uh, or I said, this, this other buck is just walking around. You want to see him? So I flipped the camera around and, um, turned my actual tree camera towards that direction. And then I see that it is definitely not the same buck. It is a giant, like a really, really (laughs) big buck. And he's, I think he's like, I think he's a 10 point or something. And he's standing at 20 yards right behind me. And I was like, baby, that's not the same buck. That's, that thing is huge. I was like, hold on just a second. Let me get my camera all set. So I set my camera up on him and I'm like, this is insane. I don't know if he's even close. I don't don't know if he's bigger than the one that I just shot or not, but there's bugs. I mean, I hadn't been in the tree 20 minutes and I've got three bucks right here, probably all coming to the sound of me breaking those branches. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up doing this. I just wanted to, I wanted to mess with him because I, you know, I'd, I'm tagged out. I can't shoot another buck. And so I do it again. I go, and he throws his head up and he jets out of there. So stinking fast and blows for like 15 minutes. He just blew. I'd never heard a, a big buck like that blow like, like he did, but he blew. And when he blew, it was just like shook the woods. It was like, whoo, whoo, you know, it was yeah. just, is a man blow it. Well, that sounded bad. Uh, it was, it was like, it was, it was heavy. Like it was just a freaking deep, like guttural thing. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? I was going to sit here and just enjoy the day. Um, and maybe try to film some more deer, but this might be the day that a two hundo walks out and I don't need to be tempted that way. So I'm just going to get down and go no. check out this deer. No. And so I get down and go look at a man. And obviously I'm just like blown away that this, that the deer that I shot was this deer. He's a 20 inch wide, um, mainframe eight point with tons of mass. And, uh, just, I mean, 220 something pounds, probably he's just gigantic. I have never seen a deer even close to this, this size. I killed, I killed one in Alabama that was like 185. And, uh, that's the biggest body deer I'd ever killed. And this one just put it to shame, dude. He was so big. Yeah. I I'd, I'd never seen it. It was like a horse walking up to him. And uh, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, I couldn't ask for a, a better trip, honestly. Like, it was just as good as you could possibly ask for. And there's a lot of things that, that you could talk about within that story that led to that success. I think the scouting and figuring out what I was looking for, even though I went into this area blind, I still knew from from the scouting that I had done, I knew what I was looking for. 
and um, and talking to the guys who had been seeing bucks, what what are y'all finding to be those common denominator things that that you're finding deer on? Well, one of those is obviously really good terrain features, and that was one of them. Steep terrain with a good saddle is is just money. Um, and then using that leeward side of the ridge, expecting the bucks to come and cruise that leeward side, and scent checking it. Um, I will not be scared to do that thrashing branches ever again, yeah. especially, especially in a state like that where, you know, deer act like deer are supposed to act. I would, I maybe not, maybe not in Alabama. They, they seem to be just a little bit spookier in Alabama about that kind of stuff. But, um, if ever there were a time to do it, it's during the rut when they're just, they're the most vulnerable yeah. that they ever are in the entire year. Yeah, and um, we yeah. we we all kind of agreed that this deer is probably a five and a half year old buck, so he's a mature deer, and um, just big neck, big feet, filled up the kayak like <laughs> nothing I'd ever seen before, and uh, <laughs> um, just an all around cool story. I think the kayak in this situation, like most of mine, using the kayak, I think I think it was the 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 key player in that in that equation like it just worked really well for that spot and uh and I, I had a blast man i had a had a good time yeah yeah I, I i actually think too i mean at least here in 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 our neck of the woods that um i think that like you know the shaking of the trees and the breaking the branches and stuff i think it actually works better than than rattling does sure um yeah. Just, just because it's it's not as as aggressive sounding, you know, um, and 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 here, um, I don't know. Just it it's just like you said, like you said, it's actually good when deer act like deer, you know. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just it seems that they're more. It's a it's a it's a it's a a less non threatening sound if you're just like shaking a tree. Yeah, and it's supernatural. Know, like it's yeah yeah it's 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 a very natural sound for these deer to hear this time of, that time of year during the rut especially but even if it's not um the sound of of leaves crunching and sticks breaking it's a natural thing squirrels and armadillos are making those noises all the time in there what yeah. they're not hearing all the time is giant antlers clashing together you know i mean right. we all spend right. a, a fair amount of time out in the woods and most people can probably count on one hand how many times, especially on public land, that they've actually seen deer fight. It just doesn't have. Right. It's not like a. It's not like all the time they're out there just, you know, doing that stuff. They do it a lot more than mm-hmm. we see for sure. But um, I think things like grunting are good. But um, grunting and rattling those all have their place in the whitetail woods. But I think. A more non-threatening thing and more natural-sounding thing is to just, you know, do that raking raking leaves together and trees together and snapping branches. I think that's uh, yeah. that's something that'll at least kind of pique their curiosity, for sure. Yeah, and it was it was cool because when I when I had a little man with me, um, it, it was interesting. I have I have one half of a of a shed somebody gave me. Like they just found it in their yard. Their their dog drug it up. It's it's a nice, um, it's a nice four point side, and and so I was like, you know what? I'm trying to get little man engaged. Trying to so I, I just gave him that 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 antler, 
And I was like, I would, I would tell them every, every, you know, about 30 minutes. I'm like, all right, buddy, take, take your antler and just scrape it up against that tree and just, just scrape it. And what's great about it is that he was involved in it and he, he couldn't, he couldn't hurt anything, you know, like there was no, there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. And, 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 and I just think that that sounds a lot more natural to a deer. Um, um, and what's great about that too, is that you can do that pretty much throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that, that's something that they, um, yeah, it'll, it'll pick up around rut. They'll, they'll, they'll start leaving more sign, but I mean, they, they go by and just, you know, hook a tree every now and then just, just for the heck of it, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, they also have to get the, the velvet off. So that's something that, that they do in, in, in velvet, you know? So, um, and so it, 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 it just seems like that's worked better for me over the last couple of years than actually, you know, rattling does trying to sound like, and two, it's kind of weird. You, especially in a state that unless you just get in just a real peak of it and you, and you got a buck that's just really aggressive. Um, I've, I've not had a lot of success with just tearing up the horns. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just me, you know, um, but I have seen, um, at least deer come to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to shake this tree. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to rattle this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take leaves and I'm, I'm going to move them out and I'm going to scrape the ground. And, and so I've had more success with that than I have with, you know, what you see on TV with, you know, the rattling and, <laughs> and then just bucks coming from everywhere, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. Definitely. I think, I think guys get nervous to be aggressive and, and, be too aggressive but during the rut man if there's ever a time to be experimental it's during that time and uh you just never yeah. know you never know when it might be the thing that that really does and i did it on accident it wasn't like i was even doing it on purpose um but i was set up in the right place on purpose um on a, a terrain feature like that don't don't take for terrain features lightly because they uh they're they're a big deal when it comes to whitetail hunting especially in in the big woods where you got mountains, hills, and hollers and things like that, uh, a good terrain feature, a good saddle, a good ditch, a bench, subtle things can be the biggest difference. Once I got there, yeah. once I got down and uh, and was uh, getting that buck, you know, taken care of and stuff, I noticed the route that he ended up taking. There was a very very slight ditch that came up into that saddle like that's what a saddle really is it's probably going to have a ditch on either side but um within that saddle there was like a just a runoff ditch pretty much that Mm -hmm. that deer was walking on he used that to come up into that saddle i didn't even realize it was there until i got down but that's exactly what he was using so when you're when you're you know especially when you're down on the ground and you're there and you're trying to figure out the right place um, those little subtle things are going to manipulate so much of the movement, I believe. And uh, almost every yeah. time, every time I've I've been in a place like that, that's exactly what's happened. The big buck I killed in Alabama last year with my bow, I mean, it was just like that. There was just a very, very slight dip in the terrain right there, and he was using that because that was where he had the most cover. And so I think. While you're looking at maps, um, sometimes it'll show up on Onyx, sometimes it doesn't. But when you're there, make sure you're looking for those little things. So, um, yeah. Drew, we've been talking for about an hour and 15 minutes now. So, I think that's going to probably do it, unless you got something else. No, man, the, the only 
the only last thing that that I would say is is when it com- comes to the calling again. And when I was in Arkansas, uh, duck hunting, they you would call to some ducks and and and, and they wouldn't come down because they've been called to so many times. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's true. I think sometimes, I think sometimes with deer, especially you know, uh, you know that the first ten days of November, if you're going to out of state hunt, you know, you got you got every you got every Tom, Dick, and Harry bought the new grunt call and got the new rattling horns and got the black rack and you know they're 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 tearing up the woods and i think sometimes these these older bucks know okay that's not that's not real Mm -hmm. you know um as as opposed to uh, grabbing a tree and shaking it they're going okay well that's that's real that that's real leaves that are falling um that that's a real twig that broke you know it just sounds a lot more realistic i mean even your best grunt calls you know are still not the real thing, you know? And so I, I think sometimes you can, you can, you can, especially with, with a mature deer, you can call to him so much and other guys can call to him so much that they're, they're just going, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not going down there to that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, as opposed to taking what's already natural and, and using that to, to your advantage. And so just something to think about. Yeah. I think that's, I I mean, that was obvious to me whenever I, did that with that other buck that came in and did that, you know, yeah. that mouth grunt at him. And I admit, I'm not a, my, I have a, I have a higher pitched voice, so I'm not really good at doing a, a good mouth grunt call, but, um, but he, he heard it and was gone. He probably has heard that sound come from a tree before and it probably resulted in, you know, maybe a hole <laughs> in his, a hole in his leg or, or, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in his brisket or something like that. And he just said, nope, no more. I'm out of here. And yeah. uh, so, yeah, dude, I, uh, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm jacked up. I'm editing the video right now. So everybody listen to this. You'll be able to watch this video hopefully sometime this week. And, um, but now that you have listened to this, you know that the video is going to be not exactly what, I would like it to be, but it will still be very good. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one to make. I'm I'm just now getting started on it, so um, have some patience and give me some grace, and I will have it out as soon as possible. But Drew, the next time me and you do a uh, a recap episode, we will probably more than likely be recapping um, some Alabama stuff as well as uh, my trip to Missouri. So I'm gonna be taking a trip mm-hmm. to Missouri over Thanksgiving break with my dad. And uh, I think it's going to be a really fun trip. I'm super excited about that. So um, we're going to have that to talk about. And I am, I am on Team Drew right now. I'm pulling for you. I want you to go out there and kill one of those bucks. Well, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, we can get it done with this cold front that's that's moved in. And um, over these next couple of days, I'm going to try to um, um, slip off um, a little bit in the mornings and maybe maybe the afternoons um, if I can and try to try to make it happen yeah man shoot yeah well dude good luck i'm pulling for you guys if you're gonna be in a tree i wish you the absolute best of luck you only get so many days in the woods and we are about halfway through and i know a lot of you guys your ruts are um either kicking off or winding down right now and uh so i'm i'm pulling for you i hope you guys kill a lot of big bucks if you do kill one send us a picture of it on facebook or instagram at southern ground hunting and i would be happy to uh to repost it and share it for y'all um yeah. again i'm i'm 
I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. We still got lots of season here in Alabama, and uh, so I think it's going to be good. So remember this, that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. That includes the white-tailed deer. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next time.